0: welcome to the Viking Age podcast part of the fan-sided podcast network now please welcome your host
1: Adam Patrick
2: all right welcome to the Viking Age podcast the official podcast for the Vikingage.com I'm your host Adam Patrick um, I'm the editor and the lead writer for the Viking Age before we get started into all the Fun chatter. I just want to let everyone know that you can find this show on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts. So make sure to subscribe uh, to the show on your preferred podcast provider if you haven't already. Make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age. And you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to Facebook.com/slash of Viking Age. Okay, let's recap today's Vikings game.
1: With that, it brings up a third and nine. Four-man rush trying to set up a screen. They've got some blocking. Cook taking advantage. First down and more.
0: Dalvin Cook breaking free into the open.
1: Need a touchdown. They have no timeouts. Rogers, pressure coming. Hit as he throws. Is it a fumble or is it incomplete? Minnesota picks it up, and the Vikings look like they have it.
2: Okay. Today, joining me is a member of the Viking Age staff, Dustin Baker. He's already been on the show. Um, People who are listening to this show should be familiar with his, uh, his work in the Vikings world. He's uh, pretty uh, prominent on, on Twitter and all that fun stuff. So I'm just going to ask you today. The Vikings just got done beating the Packers, you know, as everyone expected. They won by uh, six points uh, Lambeau Field and uh, dealt with that, you know, crazy atmosphere of... Oh, wait, there was no crowd. Um... So I'm just going to ask you, Dustin, what what are your immediate feelings?
1: Uh, oh, I've got several. And um, <laughs> this would be uh, such a different show if Rodgers would have come back, as most of us thought they probably would, especially after they got the two-point conversion and everything. But anyhow, um, if you are young or new to Vikings football, this should be a case study on it doesn't matter when the Vikings play the Packers or the Bears. You can take win-loss records and put them in a garbage disposal because – records do not matter when these two or three teams show down the NFC North foes um, that is my immediate take um, because I think even Vegas knew it when they only uh, made the Packers seven point favorites it went down but, uh, I think it went down to six and a half too yeah yeah it even went lower um but I'll let you jump in here I just want to probably say this will be the Dalvin game um we'll remember the sack at the end and we'll remember uh Dantzler and um you know pray that he's doing just fine. But uh, this is the first time that a Viking has scored four touchdowns since 1979. And Alexander Madison is a fine running back, but he would not have done what Dalvin did today. And we've had several Dalvin games, but this is the Dalvin game, a signature performance with four touchdowns.
2: Yeah. Uh, is it safe
1: to say that Dalvin Cook is worth the money? <laughs> it's, it's certifiable. I tweeted during the game that the difference between uh, Dalvin and Alexander Madison is the e- equivalent of Adrian Peterson versus Chester Taylor. I I think I have, on my uh, podcasts I admitted one time that when we drafted Adrian Peterson, I was like, why? We already have a running back. Chester Taylor is a thousand yard back. We don't need another <laughs> one. And this is an example. well, that's an example of how I was, I was youthful and stupid. Um, but Alexander Madison is a very good running back, but he is not as dynamic as Dalvin. And Adam, you and I have been saying that for months. And this this game proved it. Alexander Madison. Probably would have done just fine today, but he would not have changed the game to the tune of four touchdowns.
2: Yeah, uh, it's just it's funny before the season started, or even when the Vikings signed Dalvin Cook to that extension, people were like, "Well, why don't they just let his contract run out, and you know they can draft someone, or they can just have Madison, they can even have Madison and Boone just be the guys, you know, in the future." And and that just looks very silly with with the with the way Dalvin Cook played today. Yeah, he just the, the Packers had no answer for him. Um, he looked like he—he he looked like he was even better than uh, some of the games he played earlier in the season. Yeah. Like he got that extra two weeks rest, and he just looked like he was just unstoppable. There yeah. were a couple of plays where I was like, "Ooh, is he—is he, is he going to be okay?" And then, but <laughs> got, got right back up, and he was like in people's faces and everything. And then just they were talking about in the game where you know Kirk Cousins has been trying maybe. He talked about maybe not looking downfield as much and just maybe looking at looking at Dalvin, checking it down. And you saw that a couple of times where Dalvin would get the ball in the backfield on like just a short pass and turn it into like a nine or ten yard gain. And there aren't a lot of players, not even just running backs, who can who can do that. Just get the ball and just he goes like from like one to a hundred miles an hour in like half a second. He's just, yeah. his acceleration is ridiculous.
1: I agree, and so. I understand the mindset of the analytics crowd and whatnot of saying you don't pay the running back money. That uh, that mentality, that mindset works when you're talking about David Montgomery or Devin Singletary, like a good running back, but not an absolutely game-changing engine to an offense. And there's a stark difference between having a guy that plays like Marshall Falk, who Dalvin does, and having a run of the mill running back will get you maybe a thousand yards. Maybe he'll do that, score six, seven touchdowns. Um, but what we have with him is a guy that changes games and this there is no better evidence whatsoever than that, than today. I mean, my God.
2: Yeah, this was if there's like if it's referred to as Zimball or Zimmerball, this was the like prototypical game, I think. Just just run the ball down their throats, control the clock. And they came up with some some big defensive stops even. You no, know, yeah. especially the last play, DJ Wanham coming up with that uh, you know, strip. Um, that was that was debatable. I, I would have been I wouldn't have been surprised if they called that uh incomplete or whatever. But you know, oddly enough, there were a lot of calls that kinda went the Vikings' way.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think aside in, from that aside from that offensive pass interference on Irv.
2: In in Lambeau Field. Maybe uh, they're not being a crowd to influence. Maybe the, the officials' decisions. Maybe that that played a part. But it was just it was weird for to see the Vikings in Lambeau Field getting calls because that usually doesn't happen. I think the Packers were penalized like I don't know, like ten times, nine times. It was, and you could tell Rogers was he was he was getting pretty mad at at those dudes out on the field. Um, what about the defense? Do you think they looked? I mean. This Packers offense isn't, you know, it's not a slouch. They've been pretty good all year long. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers speaks for himself, but the defense looked pretty good. What, what did you think of their performance?
1: They absolutely did in the second half, and that is a testament to whatever adjustments Zimmer made at halftime with a skeleton crew of a secondary. Um, he did a tremendous job, and I was telling my wife sitting next to me, like, when we have a 14-point lead with five or six minutes to go, I shouldn't be nervous, and I, I, a lot of you would be nervous no matter what. But in these last six years under Zimmer, uh, prior to this one, I was never nervous to the extent. Like two, one touchdown, I would be nervous, but these two scores, I should like I shouldn't be feeling this way that it's inevitable doom. It's exactly what I felt against Seattle. Uh, so yeah, the second half defense uh, came up big. I don't know how much of that is that you know they weren't supposed to throw into the wind, or uh, Rodgers kept it conservative in the second half. I don't know. I don't know if if that win took it out of it, but I don't care. Uh, we got to win. We got to win. And we did it after, uh, Dancler's scary moment after whole, uh, no Boyd tore something or hurt something. Yeah, he, he, that doesn't, that doesn't look good. That looks yeah. like, yeah, we're going to be, like we're going to be like cornerback textbook, shopping here. Yeah. Textbook, uh, ACL injury. That
2: looked like just yes. going down, grabbing your knee for no one touches you. That, yeah, that doesn't look good. It doesn't Um, and, and I think, uh, I'm just reading here that, um, Mike Zimmer said, dancers, uh, Looking, He's getting better, doing better, and he should be able to travel back on the team plane. That
1: That is wonderful. So. I, I was also telling my wife that when I was about six, seven years old, there was a dude named Chase Utley that played for the Lions that uh, was stretchered off, and he never walked again. And I can't remember the last time that a Vikings player baseball was... baseball carry- player? Oh, wait, no, not Chase Utley. Oh, shoot. Am I was screwing it, uh, that up? Was it like Robert... Um, I can't even remember. I, um, I know who
2: you're talking about. He was yeah. on
1: the Lions. Yeah. I remember who you're talking about. I thought his last name's Utley. Maybe Todd Utley. Um, yeah, I should I should have had my poop in a group for that fact, but I didn't. It, yeah, he played for the Lions, and then the only time you'd ever see him for the rest of days... Was Mike when Utley. Mike Utley. Okay, Mike Utley, not Chase Utley. Sorry, my man Chase. Uh, no, and then the only time you'd ever see him, you know, bittersweet, was when he was an inspirational dude coming out in his wheelchair and stuff. So Yeah. Uh, I never like to be a doomsday thinker, but when a young man's life's on the line or his uh, mobility is on the line, uh, it obviously transcends football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we will be cornerback shopping uh, because I doubt he'll be ready to go. Maybe he will. Um, but when we play Galladay and Marvin Jones and the Lions here, um, which all of a sudden feels like a completely different mindset than I had five hours ago. Yeah, they got – well, They potentially they've got Holton
2: Hill. He could come back. Mike Hughes could come back. Maybe even Dan- Dancer could come back. That would be <laughs> – yeah. Considering how he, you know, wasn't moving on that play. He got like destroyed by Anthony Harris's butt. Um, <laughs> but uh luckily he, it sounds like he's doing better, but yeah, it's gonna be uh I don't know. It's get and then people, you know, the Vikings defense struggles in the secondary and then people are just gonna turn to Zimmer and be like, Oh, how how could the how could how come the defense is playing so well? You're the defensive mastermind and it's like, Yeah, I am when I have my best players <laughs> yeah. So like, um, I give a lot of credit to Mike Zimmer with this one. I think he he went probably to the both the offense and the defense. And the offense, he was like, "Listen, let's just stop being cute. Let's give the ball to Dalvin. Let's run down their throats. Let's run play action. You know, let's let's stick with the guys that are open. Let's not try and do too much downfield." The then on the defense, it's just like, just keep guys in front of you, make stops. You know. If anything, just cover people, and you know if the pass rush gets there, it gets there. But you know, this, and it did; yeah. it showed up. Uh, just, I mean, even with, it, even without Yannick. Looked, yeah, just it looked like a very complete game. You know, I'm not going to talk about the the punter because he was punting into like 40 mile an hour wins. so yeah. I'm not I'm not concerned about that. And then, you know, special teams I think did did fine. There wasn't anything to, yeah. Even what KJ Osborne, he had some some nice returns. Yep.
1: So. Yeah, I think we need to pay homage to the fact that we ended up getting a pass rush that I thought was considerable. I mean, I only got one sack or I guess two at, at the end uh, with Wanham. But uh, this was the pass rush that I expected to see when Daniil Hunter was going to be hurt for what we thought was three weeks. Even We we, we had unique then. I thought that this Zimmer, uh, the Zimmer led defense, like the one that we saw in the first half for Seattle, I thought it would be a good bunch because this is what Zimmer does. So we're seeing bits and pieces of it. Um, it's just bizarre that we trade unique, and then in the second half of this game we had a consistent pass rush. I mean it wasn't absolutely ferocious like Daniil would be out there but that, that's what changed the game is because uh, Rodgers would look downfield and he didn't have much time and then somehow some way the piecemeal group of uh, defensive backs that we had were covering dudes and that's what did it. Yeah I think it just it might have just come down
2: to unique and Yannick just wasn't a good fit. Um, yeah. He might have been playing well and just might have not been there's a probably a couple of factors. The fact that they probably didn't think they were gonna re sign him after this year. Yeah. Um and then, you know, maybe Zimmer just being like, you know what? These these other guys I feel confident in what they can do. Andre Patterson probably felt the same way. And he's like, We can we can roll with these guys. These guys might be maybe even a little more hungry than someone like Iniking Gakwe because they're they're trying to prove themselves. They're trying to get, you know, more playing time. So um yeah I was very happy with the way the Vikings pass rush played today. I don't think they blitzed a lot. I think it was a lot of uh you know penetration from just the, their defensive line which is which is very good which is what Mike Zimmer likes to see. That's that's how he plays. He he as much as he gets credit for maybe like the A gap blitzing and, and stuff like that. He I don't think he blitzes a lot. Like no. um it's mostly penetration from from the defensive line and then you know have his his guys, you know, covering
1: really well. Um, so I was, yeah, I was happy with the defense and know. when he does, bl- when he does blitz, it's usually with Anthony Barr statistically right. and right. that's and, gone. And, and Eric Wilson is,
2: he's been doing good. Yeah. I think I feel like picking up, yes. uh, that, that role I, I, there's some times where I think he might even be a better blitzer than, <laughs> than Anthony Barr he actually gets to the quarterback.
1: Yeah. Were there any things that you didn't like about the Vikings performance today? Ooh, that would be uh, nitpicking. I yeah, I guess I would have thrown the ball personally. I would have thrown the ball on fourth or third and nine um, to disallow the Packers getting back on the field. Um, it, it turns out my philosophy was wrong because it was uh, it was precious to have those seconds tick off the clock and give Rogers limited time. Um, but I would have gone for broke just like we tried to do against Seattle, and it didn't work out because uh, Madison didn't see the, see the gap there. Um, but other than that, beating the Packers when you're one and five in Lambeau, it's going to be nitpicking if I find things I didn't like. Uh, Kirk didn't really throw a lot, but he seemed to have a little bit of time when he threw. Um, Jefferson made a couple catches. Uh, no, I guess the if we could have seen that second half defense in the first half, that would have been nice in those first couple of drives when both teams were just trading haymakers. Um, but I don't think I think for DJ Wantham to have that sack in his rookie season. In Lambeau Field was a huge moment for the young man, and then we we haven't even we haven't even said uh, Kendrick's Kendrick's name yet, and he was just a monster.
2: Yeah, um, I think if you you are going to nitpick, I think it might have been some of the maybe some of the penalties, maybe like, yeah, or or, Smith or something like that. <laughs> um, some of them is just um, there were a couple of opportunities. I think in the first half, you were talking about you wish they could have performed like they did in the second half. In the first half, I think there were a couple opportunities where they could have stopped the Packers on third down or stopped them even on, on fourth down. And they just, there was something that just didn't click right. And then in the second half, it seemed to to get better. So I was, I was, I'm just, I'm happy. I don't think, I don't even think I'm, I'm an optimist and you're an optimist Um, as far as this team goes, no matter like how poorly they are. I think I, I would probably, I don't think I'd be wrong in saying that, you probably didn't think the Vikings were going to come out with a win in this game?
1: No, on my show with McKinney, Brian McKinney, I predicted the Packers to win 38 to 17. Oh. So I know yeah. I I thought with zero pass rush that he was going to chew us up and what he tried you, what, he tra- what did you think at the half? Oh, uh, no, I was pleasantly surprised at the half. Um I I wrote an article um that published on Friday that talked about the the one realistic chance the Vikings had to win this game was a big day from Dalvin cook. Just (laughs) exactly how it panned out in the sense that you could control the clock, even though in the first, uh, first quarter they, they put the time of possession right upside down on us, right out of the gate. Uh, We couldn't get off the field in the first drive. But if, if you have a game where Dalvin is being, you know, his usual uh, dynamic self. And as you said, a couple minutes ago, that's Zimmer football. And only way I could see a path to victory was Dalvin having a big game and I'm glad I have it on record uh, because that was the only thing I could see and then lo and behold it happened and one other thing I want to say in case I forget is I know there is a fervent um, desire for tanking and to get a higher draft pick but I cannot imagine I I haven't heard anything (laughs) I haven't haven't seen anything like that on, on the internet I cannot imagine a Viking fan that loves this team sitting there In the entire game, really thinking, yeah, they got to lose this somehow. I mean, what (laughs) what type of human are you that you would like be pissed that want them in the game with the strip sack? You you can't have it both ways. A and B, like you always want to beat your foe. And you, uh, I think you've written about it, tweeted about it, talked about it. That having a top five or top ten draft pick by the numbers does not matter. Um, it's it's the gems that come out of the last part of the first round and then the subsequent rounds that really matter. Yeah, you can find talent in the top ten, but there is no science that says if you draft in the top ten, you're going to find the best player. You you go with what you think might be the best player.
2: Yeah, I think uh, more often than not, I think the even just the number one pick, people yeah. are always so focused on getting that. That typically turns out to be pretty overrated. Mm-hmm. Um. What like Eli Manning is like the only quarterback in since two thousand to lead his team to a Super Bowl. Yes. To a Super Bowl win. Yep. Um, as a starter. <laughs> um so yeah. This this whole tanking for Trevor or falling for Fields or whatever, like if, if their record is bad enough and one of those guys, then that's fine. I'm I'm gonna be happy and supportive, but at the same time, I'm never gonna not want this team to get to the playoffs or just to keep winning because wins wins especially for a team like this it just instills confidence in their young players you know builds for you know the following year to be come out and be even better they figure out you know what works what they do well in this defense who does you know what well and, and areas so uh, every week i'm going to be wanting the vikings to win will i expect them to win every week no um will I want them to uh, of course I'm never going to be like oh damn they they won again now, now they're they're going to draft outside the top 10 like you know okay. maybe like the packers when they got Aaron Rodgers or the texans when they got Deshaun Watson uh, or the
1: ravens when they got
2: Lamar Jackson oh
1: man hopefully that doesn't happen um and there's going to yeah. continue there's going to continue to be that tension if you want to call it that um on social media because the next 3 games are against the lions the Bears and the Cowboys. And if you can generate a pass rush like this, if Dalvin does a couple things like he did today, and Kirk is the usual Kirk um, that we saw from 2015 up until this year, all of a sudden um, you're like, oh boy, um, they're, they're getting, they're, they're three and five, they're four and five, they're five and five. I mean, if that were to happen, if we do not have a stinker, like we saw against the Colts and the Falcons, which we know this team is capable of, holy crap. If you get up to five and five and it's a brand new season, um, the tanking crowd is probably going to have to be silenced and, and pissed, and they're you know stewing in their own misery. Uh, but nobody, including myself, and uh, well, most folks didn't really think the Vikings were going to win this game, and that would have put us at one and six. Now we're at two and five with a schedule that I don't know if we're going to be underdogs in these games. I mean, it's it's bizarre to think it's bizarre what one win in Lambeau Field can do to your optimism, your mood, all of that.
2: And next week's against um the Lions, who lost today to the yeah. you know, Colts. They lost by twenty. Oh wow. So they're they're three and four. So if the Vikings win next week, then 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 they're tied with the Lions. They've they've caught up to them. Um, we're,
1: we're due to beat the Bears, that's for damn sure.
2: Yeah, the Bears haven't been impressive. I mean their defense is pretty pretty darn good this year. Um that's just the Bears. I don't I don't understand how every they have like a different coach, no matter what. The Bears defense is just Always seems to be good. Just must be something in the air or, or whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, just like, like the players and coaches say, just just take it one game at a time. But I do think a win today, I don't know if you agree with this, but the win today probably takes a lot of the Vikings players off of the trade block who might have been on there heading in uh, this year's trade deadline. Yeah, it takes the... Especially someone like Adam Thielen. Yeah. That, that's not going
1: to happen. Yeah, Thielen and Hitman is probably off the table because you just beat your division foe in their building. Um, Gosh, in the 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 lack
2: of cornerbacks, I don't think I don't think uh, Anthony Harris is going anywhere now.
1: Yeah, and and that'll upset some people. But I mean, if you are of the mindset, this team needs to make a bunch of moves via trade or get rid of some of the can happen in the offseason. I mean, yeah. Flat out can. So, yeah, you are correct that the I thought they were preposterous rumors. I don't know if they had any legs of uh, feeling to the Browns or wherever. I thought that was ludicrous. I I understand that he's a 30 old receiver and, you know, he probably only has two or three big years left. But um, for a guy to bring along Jefferson under his wing and uh, a guy that has shown no signs of uh, deteriorating as of yet. No, I don't think you unload him now. If we would have come out and got our butts kicked 41 to three that might have done something but this team is so strange because we know that the Colts performance and the Falcons performance live inside of their soul but then they can come out against the Titans, Seahawks and Packers and just trade hay- haymakers with them so and you start looking back at those two games the ones that we lost by one point and you're like god we could be four and three and it's just mm. it's strange
2: yeah the the Colts it turns out they're uh, they're they're pretty pretty decent. They're five they're five and two the Falcons. Well, they just want to again on Thursday <laughs> beat, yeah. beat Teddy. So they're two they're two and one in the last what three games. Yeah. Um. So and they the, they lost a bunch of games by by one point. So so maybe those games aren't you know as terrible as as some some might seem. I think the Vikings have have played well. More often than not this season than poorly. Yes, they played pretty bad in, against the Colts and, and Falcons. I'm not going to disagree with that, but, you know, lose by one to the Titans and, and lose by, you know, in the last second to the Seahawks in Seattle. Yeah. Get this win over the Packers. I mean, for a team to go into a game for the rest of the season against the Vikings, they, I don't think they can't take them lightly. They, no. I don't care care what their record is. If the Vikings lose like four games in a row, you can't you can't take this team lightly because they can. They just proved that they can go in and and win any game, and that's going to be huge for Mike Zimmer to be like, look, you guys did all the right things this week, and and you you beat one of the best teams in the NFL, and
1: that just shows you're capable of it. So you know, let's win like ten more and go to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, There's two things on that that I want to comment. So um, if not you personally, but if you listening were of the opinion that this team is probably going to be three and 13 or four and 12, that's the lever uh, level of talent or caliber of play. That's not going to happen. Um, They should beat the Jacksonville Jaguars depends on which Cowboys quarterback they have. I don't even know if that'll matter. They got the Lions twice. We're due to beat the Bears. This team is a lot closer, especially after this win, to being. Six and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight, and that's just because they have playmakers like uh, Dalvin and Jefferson, and the defense. We have a defensive coach, like it's it's a lot more likely that they turn this around into something respectable than to go into your little tank and you know just it t- players don't tank. The other thing on that that Brian McKitty said on my show is like there is absolutely no player he's ever met in his life that's gonna say like yep why don't we just uh, why don't we just Play putrid a little bit so this team can have a better bet. They don't do that, and it's it's what they do when they get in a situation where they're upside down, like one and five, or now two and five. Is then you play spoiler. You want to make it miserable for teams to have to play you. And if we do not turn this thing around and go to the playoffs somehow, that's what the Vikings will be. It'll be the the proverbial team that nobody wants to play. Yeah, and I'm if
2: if they end up being out of the playoffs, I'm I'm fine with that too because I like watching. You know. Packers fans or, or Bears fans get their their futures spoiled by the Vikings. If, if you're not going to make the playoffs, you might as well do that. Good news for next week against the Lions is that um, they've given up, I believe, looks like the seventh most points to running backs in fantasy this year. So um <laughs> like Dalvin Cook could be in for another uh, nice afternoon. The Packers gave up the fifth most heading into this game. So um, that's just
1: something to, to keep in mind. Heading into next week. Yeah,
2: I'm uh, going to. It could look a lot
1: familiar to this week. I'm going to tell you right here and now that uh, the Vikings are going to win against the Lions. Oh, Um, we're already calling it. Yes, I am. And that's not because I'm mesmerized and think that 11 11 5 is on the horizon. It's that this team is due for a home win and it's going to be against the Lions, period. I don't even know if it'll be pretty. I don't know how how it'll shake down, but the Vikings will win next week against the Lions in their building. Um, yeah. God, have they lost five in a row, six in a row at U.S. Bank Stadium? Something like that. Um, go- dating back to... Four, or at least two, I think,
2: because they, they haven't won with Matt
1: Patricia. Oh no! Oh, okay. Yeah, against the Lions, yes. Uh, but in general, we, oh, haven't, oh, the Lions? we haven't. Yeah, they yeah. haven't. They haven't won a game in, in at home yet this year. Yeah, it's like six or seven. I shouldn't have that memorized, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I think it's six six in a row that they've lost, or maybe it's five in a row. But anyhow, um, you know more than anybody that that place is usually a house of pain, and just to keep the <laughs> the masthead uh, looking well, you've got to beat a team like the Lions in their building. So I'm not saying it's gonna be like a complete uh, flogging of Detroit but the Vikings are going to win and we're going to do that thing where we're all of a sudden like holy crap now we got the bears we can beat them too and this what's what we do as sports fans and sports writers as you start to look for those glitters. momentum and yeah it's momentum and there is no other type of evidence to point towards better than beating the packers in green bay so if the, the tank people are probably just sour right now <laughs> <laughs> yes their la- their last win
2: at home actually was last year against the lions so <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so it makes sense and I'm I'm trying to find out I believe in 2015 after their bye, they came out and had uh, a bunch of wins. Yes, they, they were 2 and 2 heading into the bye in 2015 and they finished 11 and 5. So they went uh so what 9 and 3 after the bye? So yeah. so maybe something like that could happen this year. I th- I feel like they have to get to at least 8 and 8, probably 9 and 7 to at least squeak in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I know that that's going to piss a lot of people off. Cause they're going to be like, "What? what's the point of getting in the playoffs? You know, and they're only going to win one game. And it's like, no, because this year, if there's any year where <laughs> all you have to do is get in the playoffs, this is, this is the year because there's no crowd factor. Both teams are pretty much on an even, even playing field in the weather, having, you know, a good rushing attack and a solid defense is important as, as ever. So if this if there is ever a year to just squeak into the playoffs and you know make a run this this is the year to do it. So I we agree. We'll see. Yeah, we will see next week. So I guess my last thing to ask you is after this game what is what is your just just outlook on maybe where the rest of the season can go? Do you think they could make a run or do you are you still under the impression that it's probably just going to end up with like six or seven wins?
1: Um, no, they're going to make a run in the sense that we are going to get optimistic. Um. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think they have the defense personnel to do that. Um. But yes, I am. I'm not going to say they're going to win the next three, but they are going to hit a positive streak here. Um, especially based on what happened today. And yes, this team is going to get close to 500 and we're going to start to raise our eyebrows and think, Holy crap. Remember when we thought we should just tank the season. Um, My uh, uncle, uh, he's a diehard chiefs fan. And he was messaging me, uh, gosh, right after the Falcons game saying, they can still turn this around. And I, I messaged him back. and said, what, what team are you talking about? And he's like, no, the 2015 Chiefs. And uh, he was like, they started one in five. And I was like, dude, they didn't have these stinker games in them. And he's like, yes, they did. He's like, are you <laughs> nuts? He's like, you walked me along. You kept my hope during that time. And I was like, well... I was like, I would think I was just being nice at the time, but yeah, they strung <laughs> together. I think they, beat, I think they beat, they lost to us in 2015. Yep. They lost to the Minnesota yep. Vikings and then they didn't lose again. Now that's not Probably not going to happen with these Vikings, but they completely turned around their season and he watches more chiefs football than anybody. And he said that no through six weeks, he thought the team was wretched and he wanted to be done with, I think it was Alex Smith at the time. Yep. yep. And I laughed him off for these entire two weeks. Cause we've had the bye week I just have tried to say to him like, yeah, but see, this is different. And, Lo and behold, he's probably. I probably have a text message waiting from him saying, told you, which I'm more than happy to receive. Um, so, yeah, my outlook is rejuvenated. Um, no, I don't think it's a rubber stamp they're going to the playoffs or anything. But I can tell you, sitting here watching the uh, Lions game next week, I am going to expect to win and then let the chips fall there. And we are overdue against the Bears, just like we were overdue against the Packers. So, um, yeah, if, if you, I think most of the Vikings fans that we... Deal with our optimists, and we just get so bogged down in the tank people. Um, so the folks that are listening, yes, there is a reason to be hopeful. If you don't want to have a obscure crappy season, because we proved today that we're better than that.
2: Yeah, and you get through you get through this next three game stretch. I mean, uh, count the Packers as that. You got the Packers, Lions, and Bears. Then you get the Cowboys, the Panthers, and Jaguars. Yeah. All all at home. Um, you know, oh, the Panthers yeah. the Panthers would probably probably be. The toughest of of that you know going against teddy and but they've they've shown that they've they can be vulnerable uh this year and then you know to finish off the season you got at the bucks that's probably going to be tough but if if they're on a winning streak and then there's no reason why they can't beat the bucks either yeah. um uh, and then they play the bears and then they go on the road to finish the season against the saints and the lions so they've 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 got a lot of work to do they've got to win pretty much you know They can only afford to probably lose one or two more games if they want to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah. One more thing that I think is the most crucial or pivotal is that you need, or Zimmer needs to take that defense that was in the second half or the first half defense against Seattle and replicate it. Um, because the bane of this team right now is not the offense i know that we get frustrated with kirk um, but he is not the bane of the team or the the reason for five losses it's an uncharacteristic feeling to see the defense be at the absolute bottom tier of the nfl so if zimmer who is perfectly capable of doing it can capture the the flashes of what we've seen and just make it a middle of the road defense for god's sake with the talent that he has um the sky isn't the limit but you know Getting off to or getting onto a win streak is is very possible, but we just need to get that defense that we saw in the second half today and make that the norm.
2: Yeah, the Vikings they they um they didn't the another positive they didn't turn the ball over on offense today that was that was huge they turned the ball over I want to say every game except against the the Texans so in both wins this year they haven't turned the ball over on offense and then they forced uh, one tur- turnover for the Packers. Um, you know, the Packers had more penalty yards. Time possession was pretty even. So there was, there was a lot to be happy with, with this Vikings team. And hopefully they can continue to look like this. Uh, You know, just, we'll just, we'll just focus on next week. We'll do, we'll do what everyone does. We'll focus on next week. That's it. We're not going to look ahead. We're going to focus on the lines and Matt Patricia and his stupid pencil and his posture. And we're (laughs) going to see, uh,
1: you know, he can get his first win against the Vikings, but probably not. Um, so that's it, that's gonna. It, it will be a win, and Kirk will have a lot to do with it. Um, yep, not that he's going to be a Pro Bowler all of a sudden, but it's not going to be a Dalvin affair, uh, Dalvin only affair. It's going to be the, the game where Cousins Jefferson actually, yep, actually throws a couple of touchdowns, maybe even three. Um, but it it's going to be the Lions team that we're usually familiar with, and I I don't I don't usually make calls, but yep, the Vikings will beat the Lions. I feel like Kyle
2: Rudolph usually has uh, some pretty good games. Can yeah. so, uh, <laughs> yep.
1: we'll see if that can happen again, but
2: that's going to do it for us today. The Vikings, once again, in case you missed it, got a win over the Packers today. They're two and five now. Um, and uh, just make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the shit. Follow the the site on on Twitter and Facebook um, at the Viking Age for for both Facebook and Twitter. Um, and then, you know, follow Dustin on Twitter as well, at Dust Baker. He's got a lot of good Vikings takes and, and stats that are pretty entertaining. So he's a good follow. Make sure to go follow him and his podcast, the uh, Believe in Vikings podcast with Brian McKinney. Go check that out. Um, but until next time, we'll talk to you later. And Dustin, I just need you to give me a skull.
0: Skull!